Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady and working with my host Lou Weiss, who is president of All Metals and Forge Group. He's also the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. But we have a lot of fun talking to people around the manufacturing industry. And today we are going to be talking with Ricardo Fonzaghi. Ricardo is the chief commercial officer for Lease Plan. So one of the things we want you to get familiar with is what Lease Plan does and can do for your company. Ricardo, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for the introduction and thanks for not butchering my name. That was awesome. That was perfect. <laughs> so thank you very much. You're welcome. It took him two weeks to practice. <laughs> Everybody's going to believe in you, Luis. So no, uh, thanks for having me here today. I, I think that uh, this conversation could take us to some interesting places have some ideas of what you can talk about and discuss and uh, how I can add value actually to the life of your audience. So we'll see, we'll see what we can do, okay? So why don't, uh, why don't we start off with the, uh, the two minute uh, elevator pitch about what uh, Lease Plan USA is all about. Yeah, so Lease Plan, Lease Plan USA is, um, is a bank that provide leasing services to our clients, but also provide services on the assets that we lease. Um, what basically we, we, we work a lot with uh, uh, many types of companies and we don't really care in reality when we're talking about leasing equipment and truck, what the clients need. We actually set up uh, operational leasings or capital leasings, whatever is necessary to fund the, their businesses. Uh, again, this is uh, only related to the equipment that they have. Um, this plant being a company that has a long stand in the marketplace, we've been uh, operating in the US for over 30 years now. Um, in, globally, we've been uh, uh, around for about 60 years. So we have a lot of um, uh, knowledge on the industry and we help a lot our clients on, uh, on taking the right decisions on funding and managing the assets to the life of uh, their needs. Ricardo, I'm just curious in terms of what those capital assets are. Are they typically things that are rolling on wheels or could they be equipment, machinery, production lines? What does it cover? I, I tell my team to surprise me, Tim, all the time when actually they say <laughs> we have a client here. We've done, we've done a little bit of everything. Um, we've done um, winery filtering systems. We've done uh, machines that actually are bottling machines for companies. We have done a lot of forklifts, a lot of trucks, a lot of trailers, a lot of uh, special requirement equipment. We have done unmanned equipment. Uh, those that comes actually in, in warehouses where they just lift the things, take around and just follow um, laser spots uh, to go in a path. So we have done pretty much everything that you can imagine. We don't, we're not scared of what the clients bring to us. What we are very good at in, is, is getting a very complex or very high need of capital and, and translating these in a, let's call a single monthly payment that actually makes sense for us and for the client. And usually the clients come back to us very often because uh, being different than a bank per se, the bank, you give you the money, you do whatever you need to do it. Lease plan gives you the money, but we also helping you setting up in terms of the delivery, in terms of uh, getting the, the 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 tax pay with government, and we facilitate all this process, so we make a life of our clients much easier. I found it uh, interesting that you also have involved yourself in uh, zero emissions. Yes. Uh, you want to talk about that? That's uh, 
kind of a hot topic. That's a hot topic. And this is more on what Tim was describing about things on wheels. So yes, we, we have this commitment of reducing CO2 emissions by 2030 to zero. Um, it, is, it is still in our plans to make this happen. And uh, basically we do have a division here in Eastland that we lease vehicles, we lease cars. That's the one that would have and suffer the biggest impact. Our idea is that we help our clients to offset their, their CO2 emissions by provide them consultancy work that will allow them to analyze what impacts financially and environmental impacts that they're gonna have, as well as to their operations, but come up with plans on helping them offsetting that and therefore really looking good in an environment, in a, in a political and business environment that is necessary for us to actually look all the angles and impacts that we're causing and positively and negatively to the, the, the market that we insert. Very good, very good. Uh, Ricardo, you were recently a speaker at the Institute for Supply Management. We do a lot of work with those folks. We have three shows with them every month. We're talking about the Purchasing Managers Index. Share what you can in brief with our audience about that presentation and how it benefits your customers. Yeah, so Tim, let me, let me uh, I agree with you. ISM has been a, a great platform for us to actually voice it out, innovations and ideas that we bring to the marketplace. And I like the motivation of the, the folks that actually join the events. They're always full of new ideas and new angles that they bring to us, stuff that we never thought about it. And then we implement because we have that exchange. Um, our, our, our role, the role that we play in the last ISM was in regards to uh, diversity spend, which is, categorize the, the supply chain of lease plan and understanding what percentage of that is actually related to minority-owned businesses and diverse businesses. So basically we spend about two years understanding on how uh, $2 billion plus dollars a year in spend is actually segmented in our vendor network. This whole program started because uh, clients were first of all asking to understand a little better, let's say take an X-ray of my payment, what is going where? But also because we understand by doing this, we will have a better understanding of our own network. And as you know, uh, COVID actually challenged everything that other companies and ourselves had in the marketplace and understanding that diversity perspective to what we have in terms of continuing providing the service to our clients was very important for us. So building up that, that demographics and understanding what our vendors are, who they are, what challenge they have, how they actually work with us, how can they actually work better with us to make sure that we can continue serving our clients on the service side that we provide to them. So we spent two hours in that project, basically understanding our, our data um, and identifying what percentages and what do we need to do to actually become more diverse, although we actually are above the average already in the marketplace, but we want to become more diverse and attract more businesses that are owned by minorities to provide service to our clients. And what we present basically to the team there in ISM was what strategy we actually use it to get to that point and what benefits this will bring to us and to our clients in the future. One of the things that uh, Tim and I noticed over the years that we're doing Manufacturing Talk Radio, which is now, uh, first year was 2013, so yeah. we're doing just about nine years. Uh, one of the things that we 
detected early on, and I think it's changed a little bit, uh, maybe a lot actually, but in the beginning when we started doing this and we're talking to manufacturers, uh, we found that there is a lot of things that manufacturers did uh, well, and they were able to produce good products, quality products. Uh, they were able to uh, sell products well. They knew how to do all that. But what they weren't really caught up on was the new technologies, new methods of running their business, finding more efficient ways to run their business. And I, I gather that part of what you do is that you bring to them the way that company should be running that part of their business. Yeah. Is, is that, do you find that to be the case as well? I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to flip flop what you just said and provide you an example that could colorfully uh, present what we're doing here. So back in 2017, one of our largest companies is a fast move consumer goods company uh, that it's a global company all over the place. They acquired a, a, a set of equipment that was 100% customized to their business. Uh, this is warehouse equipment and it cost them $21 million. The overall production time of that equipment was about two years. So we started in 2017, the equipment should be delivered in 2019. So we actually scheduled the payments uh, for this company because as you know, this is very complex, very a lot of high technology that is still being developed that is implemented on this equipment. So these two years, we had three schedules of payment at signature, end of first year, and then a delivery. Um, we have paid probably about 90% and the equipment still have not been delivered. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we've been working as a, as a project manager on the behalf of the clients and understand what is happening. Um, but I guess that none of us were really prepared to what a COVID could cause, a pandemic could cause in, in our lives. And I think most manufacturers were really focused on innovation, on creating that value addition to their clients. And I think we all forgot that the basic, the trivial stuff that we needed, the basic parts and components, uh, which is stuff that we can pretty much call commodity and buy in, in any, any manufacturer all over the world, uh, would be in the position that it is right now, which basically either you're going to pay more or you're not going to find what you need. And mitigating those impacts is something that we've been working with our clients to do. And not only the clients, but we also are sometimes putting pressure on manufacturers, sometimes partnering with them to make sure that we can actually uh, help the clients deliver what is expected. But that's a challenge, uh, Lewis, that I believe is going to be around us for quite some time still. I don't think it's going to be normalized until the end of 2024. And I don't know what is this normalized going to look like either. Um, interesting enough, when we, when I took over this role, I, I started doing the, the truck and equipment financing here. And I remember that dealing also with another Fortune 100 company in the Northeast, they had allocation of trucks ready to go for the next two years. Basically, I don't know if uh, uh, it's basically what you do, you buy the spots of production and you have that assigned to you. Uh, right now, we're actually talking about spots of production for 2024. There's nothing available between now and the end of 2023. So the clients are really challenged in uh, anticipating their needs much earlier in the process. And uh, you can, as you can uh, imagine, it's very difficult for me to go to um, uh, one of my clients comes to me and say, 
I think my volume is going to grow about 20%. So I'm going to need 20% more equipment uh, to get to that point. Well, two years from now, that 20% might not be the reality, it might be 40%. So we always actually in this exercise of underestimating and underrespecting something that is actually not going to be in place. So it's a new, new mindset, new learnings and stuff that we're putting in place right now to work with our clients and suppliers to make sure that we can continue actually help them grow their business. But I will tell you, it's been, um, it's been an interesting roller coaster the last two and a half years because I don't think we are ready to face what we're facing. And again, I have to say, Luis, the new norm, I don't know what's going to look like. So I'm presuming that COVID had played a significant role in that, as well as supply chain issues. Yes. Yes. Uh, and the supply chain is partly because of COVID, but the other part is because of uh, logistical issues. Um, so that you, you had a double whammy there. Yeah, I, I actually that in that point, I think I have to mention what happens on the corporate side of my business. We we have currently about 300,000 assets on the road, vehicles. Those are, again, team with wheels, so that's uh, easy to identify them. Um, what we have seen, first of all, is the impact from the manufacturer side, because production, I believe, for our clients have been reduced in about uh, 70%, 60 to 70%. Uh, also, the international manufacturers are struggling, actually, to send vehicles across the, the, the ocean here. So we think that, uh, overall, the impact to the industry is that the clients are retaining vehicles a little longer which is actually going to help them offset some of the costs that, uh, that is happening due to inflation. But at the same time, it's important to say that we are seeing the amount of incidents on, on uh, maintenance and repairs growing, which um, that's the second wave of impact, right? Because although we're seeing that there's some impact on uh, spare parts industry, I think that the volume of uh, repairs that we are seeing that are going to happen is going to impact that industry for another couple of years as well. And I'm not sure we're going to be, our, our suppliers are going to be prepared to supply the needs on, on secondary parts in there. So we're still learning, as I said, what impacts we're going to face. The disruption of the supply chain is something that I know that there's a lot of great people working on that to offset that. But I think we're still a couple of years away of uh, having a situation normalized. Have you found that your clients were uh, understanding, sympathetic uh, yeah. towards your, the issues as it related to deliveries of your products? Yeah, I I, I refuse to use COVID as an excuse anymore. Um, I, <laughs> it's I, great. I, one. <laughs> I, I'm not doing that anymore because um, let me let me give you a theory for you to think about it, and I, I appreciate our audience to take a look at that. Uh, March 13th, 2020, we were told that the world has changed. Most of us, we did not pay attention to that. We just actually felt like, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks. I actually was talking to my wife this weekend because for a couple of weeks, I was literally working from my bed, literally working from my bed. And I didn't have an office set up in my house or anything like that. So I thought it's just going to be something temporary. And um, it was not that temporary. It took about a year and a half. Uh, to actually get back to seeing people, seeing face to people. A, a year ago, I went back to the airport and I feel scared that there was so many people around me. I was not used to that anymore. Um, reality is that this new way of living has definitely impacted the way that everybody does business. We change the way that we actually interact with our clients. We change the way that 
we deliver our services to our clients, but at the same time, as consumers, we have not reset our expectations. It's like we're still living before COVID times. And what is interesting is, um, is that here, at least in this plan, we actually have, um, what is the word that I'm looking here? Uh, we are not believing that we have to change the way that we serve our clients. And we do understand that with that, we actually doubling the pressure that we have on, the, on the, our business folks in here to perform at the same time that the pressure that we put in our network out there to also perform on the behalf of our clients. Uh, our clients right now are starting to understand that there's a new norm. There's new stuff that actually we have to do it, but I have to tell you that um, our satisfaction uh, uh, with our clients has been the highest in the history of the business because the clients understand that we actually put in uh, a twice more effort to continue serving them. Yes, downtime on assets has increased. Yes, uh, it's more difficult to deliver new vehicles. It's more difficult to deliver new, new equipment, but we have not left the clients alone to battle this. We've been battling with them. But we, at least from, uh, from a business perspective in here, we're getting very close to actually deliver to them the same experience that they had in 2019. Um, we had to have some adjustments here in supply chain, on procurement, on operations. But we're very close to get that probably in the next six months to a year we're going to be back to the, providing the same level of expectations however as i told i made a joke about my wife i'll make another one her expectations is the d plus one if i acquire something today in amazon i want to see that thing back in my house tomorrow that's still not going to be in place for the next couple of years i think you're going to get some time to to us to be back to the life Ricardo, capital expenditure is a big consideration for every manufacturer out there. And one of the things they always have to look at is if I commit to this expenditure today, the example that you had, I may not see that equipment or be able to use it for 12, 18, 24 months. Yep. I'm getting the sense that lease plan works with their customers to crunch numbers, to manage vendors, to manage expectations with uh, the people in-house at the manufacturer, that you're involved in the entire process from end to end. Am I reading that right? That's correct. We, we, we call it the life cycle of the asset, right? We help you acquiring the asset and committing with all those capital expenditures that you mentioned, but we also highly influence the OPEX cost for the equipment because we help the clients manage through the life. And does that give the manufacturer in essence, a little better buying power because they have you as a partner? Yeah, so the companies that use the equipment, because we actually acquired a lot of equipment on the behalf of our clients every year, uh, we do have some leverage that we can bring to the table and the leverage will depend on the commitment that our clients also have in trusting us to negotiate with them those deals. So overall, we have um, a couple of tools that we use in your team that are very interesting for our clients. The first one of them is analyzing not only the capex, the capture expenditure, but we analyze overall in their life, how much the equipment is gonna cost. So we provide them with a full visibility of option A, option B and option C, which one is the most advantageous for them, which actually helps go back to those manufacturers and say, I like your product. You actually have the best delivery time but the operational cost through the life of this, uh, this equipment is going to be about 5% higher than you know, your competitor. So what can you do here for me? And we have 
uh, our, our database in here and our expertise brought to our clients to help them have them this uh, uh, instructed decision, this uh, decision based on data, on knowledge with your suppliers. And very often we're very successful in, uh, in striking deals that are more competitive to our clients, which help them a lot in connecting point A to point B, which is I need something that's going to make me more efficient. It's going to make me better, more profitable to I realize that. Okay. Based on uh, everything you said at this point, uh, I, I would gather that the bulk of your clients are from medium to large size companies. Is that correct? That's that's a, that's a correct assumption. Yes. Do you do any uh, uh, lease plan management for smaller companies? We do have um, we do have an indirect channel uh, business in here, uh, Louis, Louis. That we basically what we do is enable um, other smaller lenders to use our tools and expertise to provide services to small clients. It's a program that we have a lot of value. We add a lot of value to to our clients, and it works pretty well. We have had this program for about twenty five years now, and it's just literally growing as uh, as we speak. Um, but our our DNA is uh, is more focused on the the medium size to large business, based on the volume, based on the value that we bring to the table. And you're you're located all over the world. Am I correct? We are located all over the world. Um, uh, we have uh, thirty countries around the world that we operate. Uh, Lease Plan US is uh, one of the largest clients uh, cl uh, companies uh, from the Lease Plan world. We're number two. I would love to be number one. I'm working hard to get there. Um, but we have uh, we have a lot of business in Europe. Uh, Europe, we cover about 23, 24 countries in there. So pretty much if uh, any one of your clients need any any kind of uh, equipment, uh, truck, uh, vehicles in Europe, we, we can facilitate the process from here and, uh, and try to help them there. But we also in Brazil, in Mexico, in Turkey, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Greece, uh, um, United Arab Emirates, we are all over the place and, uh, and we try very successfully to um, provide one, one single way of doing business in all these countries. And as you know, funding stuff, leasing stuff is very complicated and very locally driven because of market rules and taxation rules that we have. But we, we speak this, uh, this one language in the lease plan and we try to use that to translate to the clients in a simplified way how to funding stuff. Got it. Ricardo, I think it's important at this point that a couple of things be shared with our audience. One is how they get in touch with uh, Lease Plan USA. And the other is don't assume I'm too small. It's better to make the call and find out whether or not Lease Plan can help them. So, how do they reach you? Uh, you're right on the spot, first of all, team. Uh, just call us. Uh, I don't care about the, the size, I'm here to help. Uh, people and business to actually be successful. That's the mission that we have in our team. Uh, first of all, our website, uh, leaseplan.com is, um, is a path to get to us. I will give you my cell phone here, but I don't think this is going to be useful to, to the, the, your, your clients to actually come to us. I think the website is the best way to reach out. So again, www.leaseplan.com. And uh, just fill up a quick form in there. We have our numbers in here as well. And uh, they're going to reach out to my sales team. Uh, this is highly, highly skilled people that they are here in the spirit of making the life of people easier. 
So they're actually going to take a look in every single need. And if we cannot help, team, my commitment here for your folks as well is that we're going to connect them with somebody that will help them. We're going to share our experience and make sure that they're going to get somewhere. So again, um, we are one more tool that you're going to bring to them. And I'm really happy, happy to actually call ourselves a tool to make them more successful and more efficient. Terrific. Ricardo, I think this is terrific information. I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing it with us. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience as we wrap up this segment with you and Lease Plan? I, I just have to say, there's nothing impossible that we're not going to make it happen in here. That's, that's the mindset that we use. So I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys actually being really willing to do something better, something different. This is why we're here for. I uh, thank you very much, you and Lewis, for having me here, team as well. Uh, and team, by the way, knowing that you are in Woodstock, I'll pay you lunch sometime soon, okay? Very good. Sounds great. Sounds great. I appreciate it, Ricardo. Look forward to it. Sounds good, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone for listening to this very important episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're going to be pushing this out on our social media platforms. And we'll be working with Lease Plan to do the very same thing so that you can hear the most about this show with Lease Plan. And thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.